Hi, welcome to Wednesday with Whitney. Join me as I discuss all topics related to mental and physical health. I will share personal stories about my functional neurological disorder. I will interview specialists and give you the latest news and resources that can help us all win our daily battles. Join me every Wednesday. I'll see you there. Welcome to the podcast. It's Wednesday. Today is episode two, thoughts. Boy, do I have a lot of thoughts for you. (laughs) Get ready. Get set. Here we go. (laughs) Okay, so I have been really thinking about this for a while. This being just my second podcast out, I, I really wanted to go over the concept of thoughts and to dive pretty deep into the a psychology, if you will, of thoughts. But let me give you some interesting, and I'm going to put air quote facts, okay? So if anyone out there wants to correct me or has some better information or a more recent study, please send it my way. <laughs> I could be wrong about all of this, and I'm 100% okay to admit that or to be corrected. It's totally fine. Okay, so from the website Success Consciousness. Dot com, they are saying that we have around 60,000 to 80,000 thoughts per day. Other sources I found have said less than that. Um, I haven't really found one that said more than that, but we'll just kind of go with we have about 60,000 to 80,000 thoughts per day. So now the National Science Foundation um, from the website medium.com, they gave this little synopsis. They said that 80% of our thoughts are negative. 95% are repetitive. So, I mean, that's in two separate categories. Obviously, they're not trying to combine those because that would not be the correct percentages. But in separate categories, they're saying like 90%, uh, 95% of our, of our 60,000 thoughts are repetitive. And then 80% of those um, 60,000 thoughts are negative. Is, does that not alarm anyone else? Is it just me <laughs> that I stumbled upon this? And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> I think this is a red flag. (laughs) Maybe, maybe not. Maybe we just are in survival mode all the time and they're necessary. I guess it works for a lot of people because the fight and flight response, you know, I mean, if it kicks in and it's getting you to where you want to be, I guess it's working, right? But deep inside, is it creating the person within that you want to be? I guess that's my my concern. If If we're negative, but it's moving us forward. I don't necessarily know that that's a correct way to progress. (laughs) Even if we're getting on top, we got to, we got to reverse that and start inward. Let's maybe think how we could flip this around so that our thoughts are 80% positive and 5%, well, maybe not 5% repetitive. We we could go, we could go with, you know, still probably 60% repetitive, but engaging in that way to challenge the mind, to challenge the thoughts That's kind of what I'm trying to get into today, if you haven't noticed already. So we get to choose with our circumstances and our situations that we find ourselves in what the problem is, okay? But here is another little stat that I found from Auburn University, and it says that 5% of what we think is conscious, 95% is our subconscious or autopilot thinking, if you will. I'm interjecting that like autopilot. That to me was like, whoa, 
5% is conscious. We know the 5% of those 60,000 thoughts, like what they actually, like that we can think about those, those particular thoughts. Okay. The other 95% of what is happening is just repetitive. It's subconscious. It's like autopilot. Like I said, it's that day to day and the routine, you know, we, we learn how to do things. And I think the brain is fascinating because it learns something. It memorizes the pattern. It memorizes the protocol and the procedures, what works, what doesn't work. It figures it all out in milliseconds, I swear. Well, okay, maybe not for me, but maybe other people out there. We, we develop these repetitive patterns that can be so beneficial. But the fact that it's all happening subconsciously, the fact that like even right now, my body is in control of my heart beating, my breathing, my circulation, all of those functions are happening right now. My you know, it's firing in so many different directions. And yet I'm creating these conscious thoughts and I'm sending them out to you. But yet there's all this, I like to describe it as like the iceberg and the ocean analogy. Like, so you see an iceberg and you can see the little triangle on the top, right? But that is about 10% of how big the iceberg is. I love that analogy because it just puts in perspective how our thoughts are so much more encompassing and deeper and bigger than what we realize. There's so much more to us than we realize. But yeah, our little 5% that we're operating out of, we think knows it all. We think has it all under control. <laughs> we think is heading in the right direction and has no need for correction, right? I think that's the egocentric part of our brain that wants to be right and to have the problem solved and whether or not the, the situation or the circumstance is turning out to be correct or to be the best for us, we like to come up with quick solutions to believe that we are evolving and to believe that we are making the best decisions. That's kind of a tangent. So I want to go back to just how much we need our highest level of thinking and reasoning and brain power to solve the air quotes problems again, if you will. And I have to tell you of an experience that I had when I was working as a dental assistant in a dental office. And there was this girl that came in. She um, had said that she had gone somewhere and something hadn't quite gone the way that she'd planned. But then she just like kind of chuckled and was like, but it's okay because there's no problems in life, only circumstances or only situations. I think her, her words were, there's no problems in life, only situations. And it took me a minute to, to like wrap my brain around what she was trying to say. But I think this was what she was kind of trying to get across is we are put in situations. Okay. We are put in our day-to-day routines in our, in our lives. I mean, there, there are definitely horrible and tragic things that happen and they definitely require a necessary response. And so I'm not saying that there's a right or a wrong response. I'm just saying that we're placed in situations and we get to decide how we can respond. I think that this can be such a breakthrough in understanding. At least it was for me because we grow up and we kind of get all these ideas in our head of how things are and how they have to be or how they should be. And anything outside of that is not really an option. We, we get into these fixed mindsets. And so it's hard for us to change our minds or to change our perspective, right? It's uncomfortable. It challenges us and it, it challenges our thinking, right? Those That 95% of repetitive thoughts, it challenges it. We don't, we don't want to have to think about it. We want to just be on repeat all the time because that's so much easier than trying to create new thoughts and use that brain power and use that higher intelligence that we've been given. 
I am obsessed with challenging my thoughts. Okay. This is something that I've learned over the course of the couple last couple of years. It was hard for me at first. Okay. I'm a pretty open-minded person. I should say it's not too hard for me to like find a way to agree with another person or to at least find common grounds with other people. I'm not like, I, you know, overly opinionated about only my way, but I, I definitely do have my opinions and I do have my own thoughts about things. I have found that as I have evaluated my thoughts and just that little 5% that I even know of, it links back to that, that 95% subconscious. And I'm able to, to connect the dots, if you will. Okay. It has been revolutionary for me to do this. It has just helped me so much to understand, okay, I'm thinking this way because I believe this certain thing, or I'm thinking this certain thing, and it's causing me to respond in this way and, and behave in this way. Okay. It's, it's all linked, right? It's all connected. And it happens so fast, like lightning fast. We, we give these responses, you know, we yell at our kid when they're, you know, jumping off the table or we, you know, we respond, you know, in, we're scared when someone jumps out at us. You know what I mean? They're just, they can be instantaneous, instantaneous responses, which is great. And we're meant to be that way. But if you can challenge it and if you can change it up just a little bit, what would you change with your thinking in order to get you a different response? Do you want a different response? Do you like the way that you're thinking about everything in your life? Or are there some things that you're like, "Mm, these thoughts aren't really doing me any good. They're just that tank of, what was it? 80% negative. So (laughs) you just wake up and you pick a card and you go with it and it's negative. (laughs) It's your thought for the day. No, like I'm just, I'm not going to accept that anymore. At least not for my life because there are so many thoughts out there to think. So my daughter and I, we came up with this analogy because she was having trouble really getting fixated on one particular problem or issue and not really being able to let it go. I, I mean, I would try and validate her and like talk her through it and just be there for her and let her, let her kind of navigate it as much as I could, but it would escalate and it would, it didn't seem like it would, it would just compound, I guess, if you will. It would, the problem just kind of kept getting worse and worse and worse. So we decided to come up with this idea that you have a thought wheel. Okay. So do you remember like in elementary school, you would make those little wheels and they would have a hole on one side and you could rotate the words around. And so you could read whatever word was showing at the time and it would, you would read it and try and memorize it and then flip it to the next word, memorize it. Does anybody remember those? Okay. I remember making those wheels. So imagine that you have this wheel inside your head. So the little box that is open is the thought that you're presently thinking. Okay. That is your, your 5%, if you will, or, you know, maybe even just like 2% that, you know, those conscious thoughts, just that one moment that you're in. Okay. And let's say like my daughter, she was in this fixated mindset of like, this is the problem and there's no solution. I am stuck here and I'm frustrated. And I would let her be there for a while, but I also found that it was really difficult for her to get out of that mindset. So we came up with this idea of the wheel. Okay, spin the wheel, pick a different thought, see what happens. I wasn't telling her she had to, but I was just offering it to her like, hmm, I wonder what other thoughts are in your brain. I wonder what other experiences you could have if you were able to kind of pull something different. And I, I put it into her mind. I was like, there's probably as many thoughts in your brain as there are stars in the sky. So let's get creative and, and choose a different thought and see which one resonates with you. And so we found as we would spin the wheel, if you will, 
and come up with a different thought that resonated with her, like she really grasped onto it. And she was like, yeah, like I, I can spin the wheel. I can think of something new. And I just loved it. I became obsessed with it. And I need, I, we kind of have backed off on it, but, um, we brought it up just recently. And again, because it can be so easy to, like I said, get stuck in those rep- repetitive thoughts. But I'm so glad that we figured that one out. And if that helps you, let me know because it really, really worked for us. Going back to just challenging our thinking, okay? This is, it can get tricky because I remember listening to podcasts and and trying to devour new information when I was trying to figure out, um, if you listen to my first podcast, I was trying to figure out how to heal my body. And I resented a lot of the information, okay? It didn't, I wasn't going to let it stick. And here's how I think I have figured out why for myself. I think I didn't want new thoughts to stick in my brain and to think the new thought and to believe the new thought because it wouldn't validate that I was still suffering or that I was still struggling or that I was still having a problem. Okay. Sometimes if we, if we have to switch that wheel, it's like, oh, but that means I have to let go of what's happening now. And that means I have to forget about it. And that's scary and that's hard and that takes courage and it takes like a trust in yourself that you're going to be okay, right? So sometimes it's just easier to say, "Mm -mm -mm, I'm not okay. I'm still afraid. I still want to be stuck. I still want to be in this thought because I don't see a solution to it yet and I'm not ready. I'm not ready to move on. And so I really had to balance myself with learning new thoughts and choosing to believe them and really trying to figure out which ones I just had to throw out. And I just did not like it all. And just that made it worse almost for me. Even though they were a positive thought, a lot of times I would reject them. And it bothered me. I couldn't figure out why so many people were offering, oh, positive thoughts. And you know, if you see my Instagram account, I'm always like throwing out positive thoughts, right? But a lot of times I'd be like, I'm just not into it. Like I just, I'm kind of rejecting it. And I think for me, like I said, it was because it wasn't validating that I was still in pain and I wasn't ready to heal yet. And that was okay, but it was so important for me to realize that because once I realized that I wasn't ready to heal, I could tell myself that, oh, let's embrace that thought. I'm just not ready to heal right now. And that's okay. I I need to grieve or I need to mourn or I need to struggle a little bit longer. And I'm going to do that. And I'm going to be open to that. Okay. That was so empowering for me. So let me give you just a few, because once I did evolve into believing and thinking that I could embrace new thoughts and new ideas and, and adapt them into my everyday life, I came up with, oh, there's probably like 20 daily mantras <laughs> or I have underneath it life mottos. I, I wrote down the ones that I had discovered over the year, this past year, I should say, that really resonated with me. And I was like, yeah, I, I can, I can agree, agree with that. I think, I think I could throw that in my wheel and it would stick. Okay. I'm not going to just reject it or try to tell myself it and just not really believe it. And just, it's just awkward and weird when you're trying to force a thought and it's just not really working out. <laughs> Trust me, I've been there. <laughs> so I'm just going to give you a few that resonate with me. These thoughts, I think that they are replacing that 80% that are negative. And I think I'm, I'm taking that percentage way down. Because I'm choosing to replace these repetitive and negative thoughts with the ones I want and the ones I'm going to (laughs) choose. So there is a solution to every problem that you have in life. That was a big one. It took me a while to wrap my brain around that, but I believe it. I truly 100% believe that there is a solution to everything. 
It's just a matter of how much work and how much effort and how much time you're willing to give to it, right? The intelligence is out there. We just have to be willing to put in the work to find it. And it can be hard work. I'm not saying that it's going to be easy to get the solution. I'm just saying it is there for the taking if you're willing to get it. I love the thought. And this this one comes, and you'll probably notice um, that this particular thought, it comes from the Jody Moore podcast, Better Than Happy. I am a big fan. I'm a Jody Moore fan. Okay. I love her thoughts and what she has to offer and her model and all of the things. I really am a huge fan. Okay. I get that if life coaching is like not your thing or not what you're into, I'm not trying to be Jody Moore. <laughs> I could never be Jody Moore. That's obvious. Um, I'm simply just doing what I want to do. But you may hear some similarities just because I've listened to her so much. So it may come out. I, I just love what she has to offer. So she goes over this, this thought that, that confusion is a state of mind of indecisiveness where we are simply unwilling to put in the work to find the answer. So I'm going to say that one again. Confusion is a state of mind of indeci- indecisiveness where we are simply unwilling to put in the work to find the answer. I love it. Okay. I didn't love it for like two months. I hated that thought. I'm like, no, my confusion is real. I I really have brain fog. Okay. (laughs) I've got mom brain and it's a real issue (laughs) and I'm sticking to it and I'm staying with it because I'm sleep deprived and (laughs) I don't know where I'm going half the time. (laughs) But as I eased out of it and I got a good nap in one day, (laughs) I thought, you know what? Maybe I am choosing to be confused because it's easier to say, oh, I'm just confused or I just don't know, or I'm just not sure right now, than it is to decide, than it is to say, oh yeah, I know exactly what I want. Oh yes, I know exactly how to handle that situation. I'm not confused about it at all, actually. That's the hard part. So now I love it, but I didn't at first. Another daily mantra is, I am free to feel every emotion. In fact, I need to feel every emotion to experience it and then to know how to process it. We are afraid of emotion. It's no secret. We're meant to be, okay? Fear is there in our body and created to protect us, okay? If we have fear and we sense danger, we are going to protect ourselves, okay? So we need to know what fear feels like. We need to recognize it. We need to know why we're associating it with a problem or a situation. I think one thing that's really helped me, kind of a sub thought along with this, or like a little sub note, I think of it a lot like with my kids and when they're screaming at me or when they're biting and we're having a hard time and they are a threat. <laughs> they are a threat to my peace and my safety. <laughs> so if I respond in my threat-like attitude of yelling at them and making them be quiet, everything can return to peace, right? <laughs> you know that silence that I'm talking about after you get really, really loud with your kids, Maybe you yell at them. Maybe you don't. I do. (laughs) I'm just going to be honest, (laughs) but I'm working on it. Okay. I'm working on it. I promise. But it's that thought that, hmm, I'm afraid because they are threatening my peace and my, my mental state because the noise is too much. So therefore I'm going to respond to them with the fear and with the anger and it will create the situation that I want. Right? Well, okay. Let's take it back a notch. Okay, I feel the fear and the stress of screaming kids, and I don't like it, okay? Is it actually a problem? That's a choice. I decide to not view it as a problem. I I choose to view it as, yeah, 
I chose to have those kids. I chose to have that noise in my house. So it's here and it exists. And I'm so grateful that it exists because I created that. (laughs) I'm still trying to wrap my brain around that one too. But the more that I challenge it and I say this emotion of fear that I have, there's no fear. I, I don't need to be afraid of them arguing with each other and being kids and jumping around and being rambunctious. I did the same thing when I was a kid. We live in a house. Yes, things can get broken. And I'll do my very best to keep them from breaking the stuff and from not hurting themselves. At the end of the day, it's just a house and it's just stuff. And I care so much more about my kids than stuff. I really do. So the fear that I'm feeling, I get it. Like it's coming from, I don't want the screaming because it'll make, it'll disrupt my peace inside my brain. But if I flip it around to how much I love my kids, it changes the whole situation for me. I'm not saying that that will work for you, but I'm just kind of trying to open up our minds a little bit more to how much thoughts are optional. Okay. So I want to leave you with one last daily mantra that I've taken on. This one really has helped me so much with life, okay? It's, I do not lose or fail. I learn. I'm going to repeat that one, just in case. I do not lose or fail. I learn, okay? So whether or not mistakes are made on purpose or whether or not you choose to do those things that maybe didn't bring the result that you wanted, okay? Whatever it is, however you want to look at it, something did not go the way that was planned or that you wanted. You can look at it as failure and your mind would have you do that because then it would say, that was bad, that was wrong, let's not do that again. Let's never experience that again. That was so bad and scary and hard to create the fear to avoid it, right? In hopes that we would avoid it in the future. But if we live in that fear we think about it. And the more we think about it, the more we're worried it's going to happen again. And guess what? The more we're going to look for it to happen again. And then guess what? It's going to happen again because we're thinking about it happening again and we find it happening again. (laughs) Am I wrong? (laughs) So instead of looking back at all of the situations we've been through, we all have them. We all have hard times, bad times, wrong choices. It's all there. We're all human, but we choose to learn. We choose to learn from it. You can always choose to learn from it. You can always choose to find something in the experiences that you've been through that was worth learning and give yourself that gift of learning from your past. Okay. It wasn't a failure. It was a learning experience. Okay. If you still have a desire to progress, to do a little bit better each day, you're learning. And that's what you're here to do is to learn. Okay. I'm going to get off my soapbox now. I just want you guys to consider the thoughts that you have. Consider that there are potentially, if this information that I'm giving to you is correct, about 80% that are negative. Let's change that. I don't know what would be a healthy number of negative thoughts. I'm sure we need some negative thoughts to protect us and to be there to guide our brains. I don't think it needs to be 80%. Let's beat that 80%, okay? So here's my challenge to you. Find your most repetitive negative thought, challenge it, replace it with a new one that resonates with you, spin your wheel around until you find something you're comfortable with that makes sense to you, that you don't need to associate it with being afraid, but that you can move forward 
and tackle it and handle it. And it's going to be okay. Thank you so much for joining me. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you have a comment, a story, or want to connect, reach out to me at WednesdayWithWhitney at gmail.com and on Instagram at WednesdayWithWhitney. Please leave me a review and tell your friends all about this podcast. It is located on Anchor, iTunes, and Spotify. I'll see you every Wednesday.